Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke, and today we are talking about team conflict. I'm talking about the front versus the back, and if you've been in vet medicine long, that's all you need to hear. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Honestly, guys, this is probably my favorite episode we've done so far. We cover so much ground here. It's fun. We've got a surprise guest at the end, Dr. Katie Boulin. And she comes in and, and shares her real-life front versus back story from practice and how she and her team came out the other side better and stronger than they were before. I can't wait for you to hear this. I think you're going to love it. But before we get into it, let me tell you real quick about Uncharted. Do you ever feel like you're just adrift in practice? Like other people are doing awesome stuff in vet medicine, and you want to do awesome stuff too, but you don't really know what that is or how to get there? Take a look at the Uncharted Veterinary Community. It is a vibrant, engaged group of practice owners, managers, associate vets, lead technicians, people who uh, are thinking about owning practices in the future, people who are thinking about getting satellite, second and third practices in the future, uh, builders, growers, people who are doing awesome stuff. They're people who stick together, they lift each other up, they answer each other's questions, and they hold each other accountable. Listen. You're not going to get to be successful by watching more CE webinars. We all know that. You're going to get there by surrounding yourself with awesome people who are doing new and interesting things and who want to see you succeed. If that sounds like something that you would like to be a part of, head over to www.unchartedvet.com and get yourself a membership. Get signed up. Jump into the school, jump into the community, see us at live events. We meet up at other conferences just to be together and hang out. We've got our own conferences. That's Uncharted. It's staff drama coming up in August. Start making friends, kicking butt, and lifting up those around you. You'll be glad you did. That's UnchartedVet.com or find us on Facebook. Search for Uncharted Vet and you can see all of our online reviews, hear from people who've actually been in it and done the thing. So, Uncharted Vet. Guys, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. I'm back <laughs> with the original practice management diva, Stephanie Love is a Battlefield Goss. <laughs> oh my God, you're killing me. <laughs> It's my favorite part of the whole podcast, right there. It's all downhill from here. All downhill. All no, downhill. Please, no, we gotta. Um, yeah, I, it's you're shooting at the walls of heartache uh, because the front desk and the technicians are not getting along. Ooh. Ooh. This this is a big like this is classic. I mean, this is everywhere. Like this is everywhere we go. It's. The front, front not everywhere. It's super common. You agree? Yes, absolutely. I think I think probably everybody, as soon as you said front and the back not getting along, I think everybody listening probably went, Oh yeah, I, I know that feeling. I've seen that I've seen that feeling. I've heard that feeling. It's if it hasn't happened in your clinic this far in your career, consider yourself lucky because it because it is really common, right? Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's super common. So, uh, so why is that? Why, why do you think it's common? Why, why do we have this problem? Oh man, that's a great question. It's a hard question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, um, I think a lot of it has to do with the family dynamic 
It's mm-hmm. like, I, th- I think about it like, uh, like the family, right? When we, we think about our practices. We think about the fact that we spend more time with our, with our clinic family sometime than with our own family. And in every family, there's the squabbles, there's the big brother, little sister, you know, I, I'm going to smack you if you don't give me my toy back there. There is that to a degree in, in every practice too. And, and I think, um, at the end of the day, ultimately there's a lot of it because you're putting a lot of personalities, very diverse personalities in a small space and working towards an emotional goal with all that you have every single day. Yeah. I think there's some, uh, some tribal, you know, caveman brain in group out group stuff that mm-hmm. that's, that's hardwired. That, that that's what I think. I think, um, it's funny. I usually I'll throw people off by, by usually starting this conversation. I'll say, well, what's good about the front and the back, not getting along. And if you dig a little bit, often you find people will say, well, at least the techs like each other <laughs> or at least the front desk get along. And <laughs> that's great. I, I think that, I think that the reason I think this pops up again and again, and again, there's a couple of reasons. I, I think it's part about human nature in some ways of you have these people, you're in the trenches with them, you work with them, you rely on them. I think we feel a natural desire to solidify those bonds and pull sort of tightly together with the people that we rely on to build that community for, for mutual benefit and success and sure. evolutionarily. So we can pass on genes and survive and feed our offspring and things like that. And one of the easiest way, as we know, and this is the, this is unfortunate truth in, in our world today is the easiest ways to bring people together is to create an enemy and all, you know, and, and another tribe, sure. an out group. And so, uh, so suddenly if we can create a them, then we can create an us and we can unite. And so I I see some of that. And so I've seen this problem in good practices. And a lot of it is because they'll have a team culture. And this is one um, side effect almost. It's a mutation of a team culture of us Mm -hmm. versus them. So, So that sort of natural tribalism, I think that's just something we have to look out for. And so I think that that's, that's under the surface. So even if you're in a good practice, you have to watch for the, for the, inklings of this behavior because it it can creep in that way and again not bad people just people being people under pressure and and really trying to to work as a cohesive group the other part is is purely uh it's information bias it's it's a lack of it's a lack of knowledge or understanding about the other group does yeah and when we don't understand why someone does what they do it's easy to get angry at them you know the, the the less we understand about someone, the harder it is to empathize with them. And when we don't empathize, then then we start to put up walls. Yeah. And it's funny because we empathize with pet owners better than we empathize with people who work in a different part of the hospital than we do sometimes. Oh man, that's that's so true. And and the other piece of it too, the flip side of it for me is, I think why we start breaking out into teams in the first place is so that we can have that empathy, that we can have a group that, that knows that job that knows, you know, that you're not asking somebody who is a rock star with clients to jump in and try and, um, you know, perform CPR in the, in the back in a space where they're not comfortable. We, we create that team environment so that we can succeed. And at the same time, there is a very, can be a very dangerous flip side to creating those teams. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, there, there, it's, it's, it's almost like a spectrum that goes too far. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, we, we're tight. We look out for each other, and that comes. It, it goes too far when it becomes tribal of my people, my and you mess with my people. Yeah. 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 The other thing I always, um, the first thing I bring up when someone says they'll bring up front versus back, 
And I never start talking about front versus back right away because in my experience, so front, front versus back is it's the vomiting of practice management, which is like, like a pet comes in and they're vomiting and they may just be vomiting. This may just be a vomiting pet, but often <laughs> this is a foreign body pet. They're a GDV pet. No, that's not often, but you get the point. But, um, you know, it's, they're, 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 they're a, a diabetic ketoacidotic pet. They're an Addisonian right. pet. They're a, a pancreatitis pet. They, you know, they, they have got a thing, and this is a symptom. And right. so this front versus back, it can be its own thing. And like I said, when there's a good practice and it arrives, a lot, um, a lot of times it is its own thing. So it may just be a vomiting pet. But the first thing that I want to do is I'm like, mm, just like vomiting, let's run some diagnostics. Right. Uh, you know, I don't want to stop this vomiting and find out, oh, that dog was a diabetic uh, disaster, you know, and I didn't look for the problem. Right. I do not want that experience. So the same thing, run, run the diagnostics in your clinic. So um, oftentimes when I dig around, I will find that there's a bully. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, hmm. You have a bully problem, not a front versus back problem. You have, they have a gossip problem. They have a drama potster problem. Mm-hmm. They have a uh, they have a workflow problem where they're just not moving efficiently and everyone's getting frustrated. And if we fix the workflow, then that drama would go away. Um, a lack of training. We have a, exact, a lack of training can lead to that. Oh, totally. Lack of training leads to that front versus back. And so honestly, guys, a lot of the time with front versus back, we're not going to fix front versus back. We're going to fix the real problem and front versus back will go away. And so yeah. before you dive all the way in, it's it's like, you know, it's like fixing the air conditioning unit on the Titanic. You know, like, oh, I got to get this thing belting out some cold. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the thing's going down like you've got bigger problems than than the OAC. And, and so I see that a lot. So let me just throw that on the table right up uh, front. It sounds like you agree with that, Stephanie. Yeah, uh, I 100 percent. And it, and it makes it makes total sense, um, both as to why there's a problem and why when there is a problem, if you just look at it as vomiting and you're just treating the symptom, why it doesn't actually resolve itself and why at the end of the day you still have the front versus back <laughs> because you didn't actually identify identify the problem. And in fact, it's like we all know when you just treat the vomiting and that wasn't the actual problem it's going to be 10 times worse when it's back in your clinic in two days. Right. So it's the same with the front versus the back. If you don't actually um, approach the, the bullying or the workflow issue or, or whatever it is that's causing it, it's going to come back and it's going to come back with a vengeance. Well, and just sticking with the medical metaphor um, at some point it becomes chronic, right? It becomes, you know, it's not an acute condition that we can, that we can jump on. It's a, it's a chronic condition. It's something that's, that it becomes part of the culture. And now we're trying to fix culture as opposed to address a behavior. So the worst thing you can do is sit on it and, or just, or just let it go. And I see that a lot because people don't like conflict and, or, or they're not sure exactly how to approach this. And so let's, let's see if we can, if we can help them out with that. I've been to it. So, all right, cool. So, um, so, so let's, let's just, let's look at this. So first thing I'd say, step one, what we just talked about, run some diagnostics. If this is, if, if this is part of a larger suite of problems, I would keep digging. Um, it, you know, if, if you've got five things that are wrong and front versus back is one of them, this would be lower in my priority list of things to fix because, um, a lot of times it will resolve or it'll get a lot better if we fix the central problem. So if you've got a bully in your practice, 
you need to get rid of that bully. Like that person needs to go. And it is amazing how the tension will go away and communication will open back up. And a lot of times the front doesn't communicate with the back because they don't want to be on the wrong side of a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is um, uh, a, a tribal, a tribal leader, a queen bee, uh, you know, whoever, whoever, however you want to couch it, that person has power and they affect the daily lives of the other people and people will alter their behavior just because they don't want to deal with the crap of, of that person. So let's let's talk about that. What are some of the diagnostic tools, um, Andy, that you think that we can use in in practice to really figure out what the problem actually is? Well, so the immediate thing for me is is making making a list of all the problems. You know what I mean? Just looking at them together. And if there's if there's more than two, then I'm like, oh, there's probably a a bigger problem. So um so. Well, let me let me turn it back to you and sort of say when you run into this problem, Stephanie, what what's your first step in sort of shaking out what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I think that I think you're spot on and and often I'll sit down and make a list myself and then usually I'll have a conversation with um a trusted member of my leadership team, whether it's, you know, especially if it's front versus back, I'll probably sit down with my lead, um, you know, assistant or my lead technician, whoever my floor manager is and say, you know, what, what do you think? Let's, let's talk about this. And there's a level of, of trust and confidentiality there and kind of brainstorm that list together to get some, to get some perspective, um, which I think is, is super helpful. Same if there's a, a lead CSR, you know, involving the key parties and, and kind of getting their perspective on where things are at. Um, and then I'm a big fan of taking, taking some time, especially if you're talking about front versus back drama. Um, it can be a giant can of worms. So I'm, I'm a fan of taking some time and having some one-on-one conversations. So often once I've had a conversation with some of my leadership team, I'll sit down and and have just check in. And I have I have a end game result. I would like to know what's going on, but spending some time on the floor and having those one on one check ins and getting a sense for myself of what is happening, I think is is super helpful. Um, and then I think another another tool is to ha- maybe have a team meeting and have some conversations together as a whole. Um, I think that that often has the potential to blow up. And that is often why managers are afraid to kind of have that conversation because we start there. We start with the let's get everybody together and sing Kumbaya and have the come to Jesus talk all together. Right. And then we freak out when everybody loses mm-hmm. their minds at that meeting. <laughs> oh, and they, and, they, and they totally do. We're like, hey, guys, so uh, we're going to get together, and uh, I think we could have some better communication at the front desk. And the front desk immediately freaks out. It's like, no, it's Sarah's fault if she would stop coming up and complaining when I'm doing the thing. And, and, and you, you stop, Kelly. It's all you know, and they And it just comes – or else the whole – and then the whole place just gets silent, and then they won't talk to each other. And yeah. it's like they have – there's been all this tension, and you – you struck a match, right? And now the now you're really in it. Like it's just gone to pieces. Um, that that's the the meeting that we've we've all we've seen that. Yes. That's why, and that's why they don't do it. Okay, so 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 yeah, I think going to that meeting too early is a really common problem. They're like because it's, it's that's that's the young managers. Uh, that's the that's the hammer in their toolkit. Like they're like I know how this works. Let's get right. together and we'll have a meeting. And it's really, mm, 
that maybe is not the first tool we should go for here. And so I just want to, <laughs> I wish you guys could see Stephanie's face. She's absolutely loving this. <laughs> but it's, it's totally true. And I know I made that mistake as a, as a young manager. It's like, well, listen, if everybody's, you know, bitching about everybody behind their backs, let's all sit down in one room and let's have that conversation like that made logic sense to my brain. So totally. let's, let's do it. And then I sat in that meeting and watched everybody lose their minds. <laughs> oh, it, it reminds me of that episode of The Office when uh, Michael leaves for some time for whatever reason and Jim takes over as the manager. And the first thing he does is consolidate the birthdays and everybody just goes ballistic. And at the end of the episode, Michael comes back and he's like, well, what did you do? And Jim was like, I I consolidated the birthdays. And Michael's like, I did that when I got here too. That's that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's like, I think all, all, right. all of the experienced owners and managers are like, yeah, it's a bad We've And we've all done it. We all, we've all got a scar that we can show you from I've been pulling here the trigger before. on the meeting too fast. <laughs> I recognize this tree. I've been here before. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Learn from so, it. If, if we if we save one person from having that meeting that makes everything worse by doing this this <laughs> podcast today, I'll be so happy. I feel like we've made the world better. So so let me so yeah so let me check off the list that, that you started. Um, number one for me is get someone to validate the scenery. Are you are you seeing what you think you're seeing? It's amazing how often you'll be like, oh, the front and the back, they hate each other, and then you'll go to someone who who you respect or who you trust, or you think has some perspective, and be like. Don't don't show them your cards. Now, don't don't lead them. And so you say, man, you know, I'm feeling there's a lot of tension in the practice. I feel like there's I feel like there's some tension in the team. Are you seeing that? What do you think? Am I am I off base here? And what they'll say is, oh, you know, um, yeah, everybody's afraid of Derek. He's just he stomps around. You know what I mean? And he's got this this problem with uh, Kim at the front desk. And you're like, oh, that I did not know that Derek had a problem with Kim at the front desk. Right. And again, now we're back to diagnosing. We're like, oh, we've got someone who's got a problem with someone else, and he's gathering his tribe around him, and she's gathering her tribe around her. And really, this is not a front versus back problem. This is a Derek versus Kim problem. So, right. uh, so validate the scenery. Is somebody else seeing this? Are they seeing what we're seeing? The other thing is there's informal conversations and the two most powerful words in practice management, which are – what happened? Like, hey, man, I, I I heard you raised your voice in the treatment room today, or I heard I heard you were not being nice to people in the treatment room. What what happened? And that's it. An honest inquiry. Like you you may think you know what happened. You may have heard this from five people. What happened? Mm-hmm. You owe it to ask your people what what happened. And now again, we're starting to have more more useful conversations. You're starting to get backstory. Again, this is like your history. We don't walk in and go, that dog's vomiting. Let's treat vomiting. We go, when did this start? Was there anything else going on? You know, did he, you know, did he get into something that maybe he shouldn't have? You know, those are the questions. So again, I'm totally with you. It's the informal conversations. It's trying to figure out what both sides of the story are, trying to dig into it. And the staff meeting is not, it's not the worst idea. It can go well, but you better have that. You better have the backstory nailed down, and there better be a good reason for a staff meeting. And at some point, at some point, like, don't get me wrong here, the staff meeting will come. It is a part of the healing process. It is a medical therapy. But generally, we need to address the real problem, and then we use the staff meeting to recollect our people 
and get, you know what I mean? And get back on the same page and get them moving forward. But really this is not a let's get together and hash out who's right and who's wrong. Or, you know, that's that's a recipe for disaster. You need to be farther down the road. And we use this in the healing process and we use it in the training process or in the treatment process. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Andy. I, I love the idea of saving saving the staff meeting for once we have some concrete information under our belts. I think it goes much better for everybody that way. Um, but we have a guest with us here today, and I would love for everybody to hear a little bit about what she has done in her practice in terms of addressing some conflicts between the front and the back. Um, we have one of the members of our beloved anchor gang here with us today, Dr. Katie Berlin. Katie, you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Hi, I'm Katie Berlin. I'm a an associate veterinarian at an 11-doctor, uh, two-hospital, small animal exotic practice in central Pennsylvania. Um, and I am just an associate. I'm not a manager or a partner or an owner, um, but I think um, you know my position is a little unique in that I do have a little bit more, um, you know, more uh, context um, in which to see team communication stuff and, um, you know, staff uh, interpersonal relations. Um, so I, I get a little bit of the associate viewpoint and the management viewpoint, which has been really helpful. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just an associate. I disagree. <laughs> um, all right. Well, why don't you, so, so I remember that we, we got started in this. Let's just, let's begin at the beginning. So Tell me about kind of how you reached out and why you reached out and kind of what was going on and where your head was at. Because you have an you have an interesting story about how you backed into a front versus back problem. Yeah, I I think overall for such a big hospital and at two locations um, and the staff mix between the two locations. So it's not like each hospital is a separate entity. Um, we share staff. So most people work hours at both locations, um, which is both good and difficult, I think. Um and we have some cross-trained staff, but usually, you know, somebody is a client care specialist or a technician or assistant, um, and the, not everybody uh, is cross-trained. So we do have some separation between the departments. And I overall think that for such a big spread out practice, we do a really good job. Um, I think generally we hire positive people. And so when I came onto the practice about 18 months ago, I didn't really think about front versus back. You know, that's been something that's popped up in every hospital I've been in, but it didn't really, you know, it didn't really take a central position because I felt like communication overall was was go, going pretty well. Um, and the way that I sort of started thinking about this was um, I actually, about a year after I started, um, it came to my attention that some staff members had gone to the management um, with concerns about my priorities um, with caring for some of our clients and patients. Um, the clients would call and ask to speak to me specifically, and on occasion, I would be just swamped with calls requesting personal personal contact, and I would you know, send some of them back to the front office, asking them to get in touch with the clients for me and see if they could, um, you know, sort of get a little more information so I could come back to it when I had time, because it just wasn't time in the day to make all those calls myself. And I was very explicit about this in my communication with them. 
And um, I think they they saw this as me not prioritizing personal contact and and personal care um, the way that the hospital really is known to do. And um, that was really hurtful initially. You know, I got very defensive um, and I went to the managers and I probably didn't have my best moments in their offices. You know, <laughs> I was maybe a little bit um, <clears throat> a little bit emotional about it at first. And then once that was out of my system. Um, I had a little bit of time to think about why this might be happening, because one thing I think is true, you know, this is my 10th year in practice. And I think the biggest thing that I have taken away from all this time and all these people is that it is almost never a personal thing. Um, there's usually something in the system or the training or the communication that is creating the problem or making it seem different than it really is. And so I was trying not to take it really personally, but it's hard, you know, as a vet, the one thing you do not ever want somebody to tell you is that you don't care enough. Right. Um, and so I was pretty hurt by that. But, you know, I think this staff is really, really, they, they're very um, caring and generous with their time. And that's been what this practice, which is successful and growing, that's what it's built on. And um, so they just wanted to make sure they were protecting that culture. And I know that now, and I, I could see that. But I think the biggest problem here was not a personal problem or a culture problem. It was a communication problem um, because those staff members didn't really know me. You know, right. most of them worked at the front desk or in the phone room, and they see me when they come back and ask for something, when I'm in the middle of appointments and trying to balance 12 things. And I'm admittedly not at my best at that time. And that's, you know, that's like my worst ever. And I think that's the case for probably a lot of associates and doctors and busy treatment technicians. You know, the front office comes back and asks for something and we're like, I don't know, you know, or just put it on my list or ask me later. It's not a good time. And we're stressed and we're busy and we can work on that certainly. and, And we definitely need to but that's also, of course, they're going to think that's who we are if that's the only time they ever see us. And um, I think that's a lot of the source of tension between front office and doctors and techs is just the context in which we see each other. Um, there just isn't enough time in the day to get to know each other on a personal level. And so the communication has to be excellent. Um, and so that's that's what I feel like has been my focus in trying to get us to tackle this problem has been a better communication between departments and not such an isolating like CCS is meet and text meet. No. So you, your experience, this is, I love it. And this is why I'm so glad you came on and talked with us. This is so common in that you hit right on. There's generally, there's generally two pieces to the front versus back. The real problem, this is your only problem. And in your case, Katie, you got a great practice. Uh, this was this was a, a weird circumstance, and and it was front versus back, but it, in, in a slightly different way than what we usually think. There's two pieces to the puzzle usually, and you hit squarely on one, which is if people don't know you, they don't they don't trust you, and when the front doesn't know the back, they do not they just don't they're more likely to dehumanize or see them as this other group who doesn't get it or they're not like me. And again, it goes back to the tribalism. The best practices are the practices where people there know each other and like like really know each other. It's amazing how many veterinarians um, are out there who know everything about the clients that they see. They remember their 
kids' names and what they do for a living and where they live, and they do not know that their technician's um, daughter has been out with the flu from school, or they do not, or they do not know their practice manager's kids' names, that's, yeah. and that's that's that feels wrong. And, and you better believe that the staff is aware of that. They know, they see that you know everything about these people who show up three times a year, and and you don't know that they do BMX racing on the weekends, like. They they know and that that matters to them. So there's been shown on the human side of medicine too. nurses and doctors that know each other and the human side. They uh, the nurses report higher job satisfaction. They feel like they have more input into cases. They feel more uh, engaged and stimulated. I think it's the same thing in vet medicine. So the front and the back, if they don't know each other, we're starting to set ourselves up. You are the new person coming in. They didn't know you. They're seeing you only under battle conditions. You know what I mean? And and they make assumptions about you, which is, again, an evolutionary thing that we do is every time every experience I've had has been stressful. I don't I'm not going to uh, to jump forward to have more of those, you know, experiences. And so so know so so know your people. It is worth your front, your back, your back knowing each other. If they um, if they couldn't if they can't connect and relate we're getting more set up for this. So honestly, one of the first things about this front versus back stuff is often a team building exercise. You know, let, let's get them in, let's get them to know each other, get them offsite, get them out in the world, just make them do stuff. And you're like, but what? They're, they're going to do a trust fall. How does that help? It does help because they do, they have these bonding experiences around. They have common things to what everyone's laughing. Like you guys don't do <laughs> trust falls. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. It, there's a million things. It can be it'd be the sipping paint. It can be an escape room. It can be a million other things that you do. You know. So anyway, get get them to know each other, and you will break a lot of stuff down. And I think that's what we saw with Katie. The other thing is so so know your people and have them know each other. And the other part of this is uh, information about what the other people are experiencing and what they're up again. So I get problems when I don't know you. And you don't know me. I get problems when I honestly do not know what you're up against. I do not know what your concerns are. I do not know what you're worried about. I, you know, and you don't know what I'm worried about or what I'm up against. That's when we have those breakdowns. And, you know, the front desk just doesn't, they'll, they'll, the poor front desk is, is just imagine being trapped up there with an angry (laughs) client who's complaining about the wait time and you can't go anywhere. Like it's, the worst party you've ever been to times 10. That's, that's what this is. So they're stuck up there and the text in the back going, I don't understand why she's being so pushy because Mr. Watkins is saying inappropriate things to her and she needs you to help her. You know, that's, that's, that's what it is. And the same thing in the back, the front desk is like, I don't understand why this takes so long. You've obviously never put a, a catheter into a kitten that doesn't want one. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that's I think that's totally true, Andy. When Katie, when you were talking, um, uh, and Andy, you just hit on it a little bit. To me, I think, um, it sounded a little bit like there's a systems problem for for your practice and for your team and teams in general, right? Uh, one of the things that I come across a lot, and Katie, this is what you were talking about, is, um, you know, you're in the middle of appointments, you're crazy busy, whether it's you or it's one of your tech team. And the CSRs have a question and they have that angry client at the front desk, right? That Andy's talking about, and they don't know what they're supposed to do. Are they supposed to interrupt you? Are they supposed to hover until you acknowledge them? Are they supposed to just go out on a limb and answer the question themselves? To me, those are all examples of systems 
that are either in place and not working or not in place at all. And, and more often I see them not in, in place at all. And that's where, um, if we're doing the diagnostic that we can treat, we can look at, okay, if we don't have a system for how do they get the answers to this? Is it like you said, Katie, putting it on a work list until you can get to it? What is that process for your team? Because then everybody can feel like they're working effectively. And I think that that's where a lot of the emotions come from is that sense of powerless powerlessness is like what I don't, I want to help you. And I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. No, I can, I completely agree with that. So, you know, quick action steps, um, team building, you know, get people to know each other, open lines of communication. Um, ideally there's some cross training that's going on. There's people seeing what life is at the front and people in the front getting to do some stuff in the back and see what we do. It doesn't have to be a ton, but it's enough that they they get a sense of what the other group is up against. And I feel like those are two super healthy, healthy things. So some cross-training. And if you can't do cross-training, then honestly, a, a discussion about, hey, guys, let's talk about what really happens when a pet owner comes into our practice. And then it's a workflow conversation. They do this. This is what's happening at the front desk. These are the things that are going on up there. Then the client goes here and blah, blah, blah. And and you can have a systems conversation so that at least everyone sees how all the pieces fit together and they realize, oh, those people are valuable and they're doing something um, that takes time and effort and energy. And I'm happy to stay in the back. But now I know what they're doing. So anyway. And, and Katie, you guys you guys tackled some you guys tried some kind of out, outside of the box ways of, of approaching things. Right. You didn't immediately go to the big team meeting. So tell us a little bit about what you what you tried in your practice. Yeah, for us, the team meeting is actually pretty tricky because there's two hospitals to worry about scheduling and there's almost 60 staff. I mean, it gets, you know, it's a lot of people to try to schedule at an offsite meeting. So actually that that takes a long time to get in process, kind of like turning a cruise ship, you know. So um, so the team meeting is definitely not our first go to. And I think that really helped in this case, because I think in such a big group, most people would just be quiet, actually. Um, and then you'd have a few people who monopolize the whole thing. Um, so we started out by um, I went to a, a front office meeting. So we call them CCSs. And I went to a CCS team meeting um, and actually had a conversation with them very frankly about you know, why I made the decisions that I do about who I can prioritize and when, and about how, you know, this is not a matter of caring. It's a matter of, you know, sometimes I think we are busier than the front office can see. And just like the front office is balancing plates in the air that we have no idea most of the time. And um, so I, I told them that I feel like this is something where we just have to start talking to each other more. And it's taken a while, but um, like we started, we're starting daily huddles. Um, that is really exciting to me because that means that we have a little 10, 15 minute block in the center of the day, the middle of the day between shifts where everybody that's in the building who's not actively involved in caring for a patient will be at that huddle and we'll just powwow about how things went in the morning, how things are you know, looking for the afternoon. What did we do great this morning? What could have been better? And people can bring things up before it's a month and a half until the next meeting. Um, and it kind of, I just feel like in the middle of the day, the front versus back, like no one's even talking to each other. And it's just going to get worse and worse throughout the day as everybody gets tired. And so this is kind of a way for us to metaphorically touch hands in the middle and go break, you know, and then be a team for the afternoon and evening. So I'm very excited about that. Um, 
And we do have shadowing right now going on. So the front office is shadowing the technicians, um, which is an assistance, which is really good. I think it's been going really well. We've gotten some good feedback on it. Um, people are definitely getting their eyes opened. Um, so far, we don't have shadowing for the technician staff in the phone room or the front desk, but I'm hoping that's forthcoming because I think that's very important too. Most of the technicians do not want to be in the phone room. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's just helpful because if I have somebody shadowing me in appointments, we can actually have a conversation, you know, and they can see why we do things a certain way and we can see what it is they know and don't know or what they feel comfortable telling clients. It's so important. And we just don't have time to talk about that usually. So those are some starts. And we also did Institute because um, I agree with you about it being a systems issue a little bit with the like we're snarky whenever they want to talk to us. We actually um, put up a red light, yellow light system in the phone room. So if they have somebody call who wants to fit in or who needs something urgently, if that red light is on, we are closed for business that is not already on the schedule or in the hospital. So we can't see another fit in. We cannot work in that emergency. If it's a yellow light, they come and ask us. And if it's green, they're good to go and like fit in an appointment. Um, so it's it, that's helped a lot because if it's red light, like that's when we're most likely to scream at someone um, <laughs> as good as our intentions are. So if it's red light now, they don't have to risk their lives to come back and ask because <laughs> we're just, we're done. <laughs> I love that though. It's so, it's something so simple. Like when you really think about it, red light, yellow light, green light, but that idea that there is a process and there is a, a flag that they can wave and say, we're at capacity, we're done, and you don't have to get the emotional and verbal vomit when you go back and ask that question. Like, that is, yeah. that's awesome. I love it. Uh, I know, that's fantastic. Uh, we should we should have, we should have more of that type of, it's a simple communication strategy, but God, it's important. The other thing is even from the client perspective, the worst thing, when, when, the, when the front desk gets squeezed is when the client is going, hey, I need, I need help or I need to come in and blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, let me go ask. And at this point, the the front desk is screwed. You know what I mean? They yeah. they either come back and they save the day or they're the bad guy. You know, if the immediate response is we are not able to see you today, um, then, then they can be up front. They can say it immediately. There's no raising someone's expectations to then push them back down. There's no, oh, I'm sorry. I told you I thought it would be okay, but it's not okay. It's just, it's super simple, super clear communication. It's good for everybody. Yeah. Cool. Kay, thanks so much for being in today. Um, uh, real quick, have you enjoyed being in Uncharted? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you guys know, I'm uh, Uncharted is like my third space right now. I mean, I, I really don't know what I would do without it. Um, the, and everybody was very helpful when dealing with this issue. I've checked in with it with them about it a lot and they've been super helpful so oh cool we love having you so anyway thanks so much for your time and uh we'll hopefully see you again soon thank you thanks katie so that is how our conversation went i hope there were some pearls in there that you might find useful gosh i love having dr berlin on if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to write us an honest review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, have a great week. Keep doing good in the world. I'll talk to you soon.